even if you don't realize it by now, you have been born for a, with a specific purpose and you have been born for now. And you've even been placed in a position, maybe a very high position, and you have been born for this time. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do, help for this time and for all the calamity that's waiting us will come from a different place. Help will come from a different place. But I implore you, do not allow that to happen. Please stand up to what you have been purposed for, what you've been called for, and do your part. Because if you do not do your part, you will be replaced. And I know you don't want to be replaced. Please stay tuned until after the intro and we'll dig into this day's message. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's show. This is Yanni again and it's great to have you with me. And the title of today's message is You Have Been Born For Now. And you have a part to play. And you have to do your part or you will be replaced. Now I've talked on this kind of uh, topic quite a bit over the last while because it's so, so urgent on my heart and I believe it's urgent not only on my heart but it's really important for the whole body of, uh, of God's people so that we know what's going on and so that we can stand and move forward and not just back off and go into hiding and not know what we need to do because these are really crucial times and I'm going to go back a little bit um, in time uh, almost and I'm going to share with you a word that I received some time ago and how from then until now I've began to understand this word different than what I understood it right in the beginning. Now, this word was given to me in March of 2016. And as I was sitting, all of a sudden I just received this there's knowing that I have to pray for Donald J. Trump because what I felt in my heart is that he will be the next president of the United States of America. Now, just to put this into perspective for you, up to that time, I've never really been so much in, uh, in politics. I was not really interested in politics. I didn't really want to be involved in politics, but I just realized that we have to be involved otherwise we cannot do anything otherwise we cannot say anything because when we look at the other side the left side the dark side however you want to put it they are so committed they are so involved and they do make a difference and the difference that they make is not good for people it's not good for anything it's not even good for the earth and so it's important that you and i take note of these things Anyhow, so I started praying for, for Donald Trump. I started praying for his family, for their safety mainly. But I knew in my heart that he was going to be the next president of the United States of America. But it didn't look like that. It absolutely looked contrary. And as you know, what history has shown us now, we, he became president. He was elected and so many people were upset 
even some of the um, people in the United States that we know very well, they said, ah, oh, he's not going to come in because the people don't want him. But I believe God wanted him in office. So he became the, the, the uh, 45th president of the United States of America. And there was a lot of turmoil during the four years that he was in office. Now, um, Judy and I kept on praying for him and his family continually during um, his time in, in office in the White House as president. But I never really asked God and I didn't receive something specifically for the next election, which was in 2020, when the next election for the president of the United States came, came up. But I remember it so clearly. It was the 24th of August, 2020. It was a Sunday and Judy and I were, were praying and I asked the Lord, I said, do you have a word for me specifically for this election coming? And almost immediately I received the word from the Lord and he gave me the book of Esther to, to go through. Now, it's a book, it's got 10 chapters and I read through the whole history, although I knew the history a little bit, but there were so many things that all of a sudden just started standing out for me. And uh, I, I did a message at that time to encourage people and uh, I told people uh, for the 2016 election what I was shown and they kind of trusted me and they said, okay, but if you knew that, if God showed you that, now it'll be the same. And then came the, the November of 2020, and we know now what happened. The whole election in the United States was rigged, and Donald Trump was not elected to become president again. So I had the choice. Either I'm going to backtrack and say, okay, I didn't hear from God, or I had to stick to the word and hold on to the word that God has given me because I know he doesn't make mistakes. I can make mistakes, but he does not. And his word is fixed, his word is true, and his word will always be the light and it will always be true. Even so with his promises, they are always yes. And so I kept on to that word and I even did messages after that that I felt that I had to just bring this into perspective for people, although it doesn't seem as if things worked out the way that we wanted it to work out, or we thought it was going to work out, I still had to hold on to this. And as time went on, I realized one of the things that, that happened was that uh, God's people did not do what they needed to do. Because when something happens, it's almost as if we sit back and or something good happens. We just sit back and we say, oh, wow. You know, and it's we... we um, have the sigh of relief and we just sit back and we don't do and we don't continue and pursue uh, until the end, until we really receive the victory. Uh, someone once said, the difference between people that are on the left and people that are on the right, the people on the left, uh, they fight until they win. But the people on the right, they, f they, they fight until they lose. A battle and then they draw back and they stop and that is what you and I need to understand we cannot stop we cannot ever stop because the the enemy uh, never stops he never stops he's in this uh, 24 hours 
a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. He's in it for decades. He's in it for, for centuries. He does not stop. And so you and I cannot stop. And when we look back now in history, we realize that it's because we didn't pursue what we were supposed to do and we didn't obey God's word and really go out and disciple nations and do what we're supposed to do. This is why we're sitting in this mess. We cannot blame God for this. We cannot blame anyone else for this. But I have to take the responsibility for the things that I have not done or for the things that I have done. There are many things that I was supposed to do that I didn't do. I had to repent for those. But that's why we are sitting in a situation where we are. And as you know, right now, it's just before Christmas 2021. And everything looks looks terrible. Now at this very moment, it may look as if it's a little bit different. But I, I'm giving you this message today and on this show, I'm sharing with you. You have to stand because they might just come something that's going to be even more severe than what we have seen up to now. Now, I'm going to take you very quickly through the book of Esther again so that you can understand what this is all about. And this is not uh, a message of encouragement. This is not to soothe you. This is a message of action. You have to take action on what you need to take action. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, what I'm called for, not only by uh, sharing this with you in the show, but I'm also doing other things that I know I need to do. And so I'm calling on you. Get up, go and listen to some of my previous messages just over the last uh, week or two, and you will understand what I'm saying because we have to move forward. We cannot stay because it may seem as if you and I are between two walls, so to speak. On the one hand, the enemy is coming and on the, on the other hand is a sea that we cannot cross. But God wants us to move forward because he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And we need to uh, receive his promises so that we can take part of his divine nature and so that we can do the things that he has uh, purposed us to do. It's very important. So now we are more than a year from the election last year and lots of things are happening. And now uh, with all this pressure, with this uh, scandemic and all this stuff, it's, it's just putting more and more pressure. And the pressure is really to exterminate people, to destroy people, to destroy people's lives. And as I said, this is a call to take up arms and attack the enemy like never before. Not physical weapons. Don't get me wrong. Not physical weapons, but spiritual weapons. You and I can do so much, but we cannot just sit and just pray that we have to take action because faith without action is dead. It doesn't mean anything. So the book of Esther. Now, I'm just going to, for you who do not know the history and who do not know where I'm coming from, I'm just going to summarize for you a little bit and tell you a little bit about the story. Now, this takes place in the um, Babylonian uh, uh, system. And this, the king that was there in, in, uh, on the throne at that time, his name is Ahasuerus. 
and he reigned from India to Ethiopia. He had over 127 provinces. So it was a huge uh, kingdom and he was reigning over all those kingdoms. And there was a whole thing that happened. He had a banquet and he brought everybody from all over his kingdom there and he showed them all these treasures and he, they had parties and they just had all these feasts and everything. And one night when he was um, a little bit high, he wanted to show off his, his wife, the queen, and he called on her and um, he said she must come and sort of parade there in front of all these, these uh, uh, people, these governors and everyone, and everyone who's, who's in the feast there with him, and she refused. He was very, very upset, and he went to his counselors. And here it's important also to note what he did. He said... He asked the wise men who understood the times. You and I need to understand the times. You have to know the time that we're living in. And please understand me. We're not in this end of end times. We're not there because there are so many things that you and I still need to do. We have to establish uh, with God's grace, with God's help, with God's love. We have to establish his kingdom here on the earth. It's not being established and we have not uh, discipled nations as Jesus commands us in Matthew 28. So there's many things that you and I need to do. And we cannot just sit back and say, oh my goodness, game over. We're going to fly away soon. None of that. We've got stuff to do. We are really called to action. And we need to understand the times. And this king, this ancient king, he knew the importance of the times. That's why he called the wise men who understood the times and all who knew the law and justice. It's important that you and I know the laws, that we know God's laws, the spiritual laws, but also that we know the other laws, the spiritual laws that are um, applicable in our daily walk, in our fight against the enemy. It is very important. And then what they, these men suggested, they said, according to law, what is to be done with this queen that was now disobedient to the king? And although she's the queen, this was going to set the president if they do not address this in a proper way. So what these men suggested, they said that uh, this queen, her name was Vashti, she may no longer come into the presence of the king and... They advise the king so that the king gives her royal position to someone else who is more worthy than her. So what basically what they suggested is that she be dethroned, that she will not be queen anymore. Because the reason why they said that is because it would create a president for all the other women in the kingdom and they would start revolting against their husbands. And in that time, it was a no-no. Woman was nothing. They were just um, basically ornaments, if you want to put it that way. And that is why they had to deal with this so harshly. And what they also said is that this must be made a law. That must be written in the law of the uh, Persians and the Medes, and it cannot be repealed. That is one of the things. When, uh, um, in those ancient times, when a law was put in place, it could not be repealed. If the king signed it with his signet ring, it could not be changed. 
And this is an important fact to note, and we will see why as, as we go on. So the next thing that they suggested to the king, they said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. So they suggested that uh, the king sends out people all across his kingdom and that he gets these um, beautiful young girls and bring them so that they can be prepared and he can look at them and test them and the one that he wants and that he falls in love with that he can make that uh, girl or that lady that he makes her the queen then. So it happened that um, there was also in the city where the, the um, palace was that there was a man, his name was called Mordecai. And Mordecai was playing a very important, a very pivotal role in all this. Now, this time it didn't seem so. And uh, he had his uncle's daughter. His uncle and his aunt passed away. They died. And so he took their daughter. Uh, her name was Esther. And they, he took her into his house and he basically uh, brought her up as his own child. And Esther was young. She was a young lady. She was very beautiful. And it says of form and of face. So she was a very beautiful young lady. And I assume also very bright. And um, so Esther was also, because she was so beautiful of form and face. So she was also taken to the king's palace. Now what happened, they prepared them for... I think it was about a year where they prepared them with different spices and stuff before they could even get to the king. And this young lady, Esther, she pleased the guy who was or a eunuch, but the guy who was placed in charge of all these women and all these young ladies. She pleased him and she even found favor with him. So she must have had a very uh, gentle and a very beautiful spirit as well because it seemed as if wherever she went, she uh, got the favor of people and also of God. She had the favor of God on her life, as we will see. But one thing that Esther did not do, and this is also an important fact for you and me. We sometimes want to go about, if you're a Christian, you want to say, I'm this and this is what I do and this is what I don't do. Now listen what, what Mordecai, he was a wise man. Listen to what he said to Esther. He said to her, you should not make known who you are. And it says here, Esther did not make known her people or her kindred. For Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known. You don't have to tell people everything. Just tell people what they need to know. And this is vital. I had to learn this. Sometimes I had to learn this in the, the hard way. But I really learned, don't speak if you don't need to speak because a lot of words just bring a lot of trouble for you it can bring you a lot of trouble so just speak when you need to speak and um, so when Esther's time came that she had to be brought before the king uh, she did not request anything except what this man who was overseeing these ladies she only accepted and she requested to accept what he wanted her the clothes that she wanted to that she needed to wear and everything the jewels and everything he, she said you tell me what i need most of the other girls i mean they f flaunted and they they 
wanted everything to impress the king. She said, no, you tell me what you think I need to wear, what I, uh, how I need to present myself. And then everyone that saw Esther, it says here, Esther found favor in the eyes of all who saw her. Remember what I just said. When you and I do what we're supposed to do, when you and I walk where we're supposed to walk, we found, find favor with God and we find favor with people, with men. And this was the same with Esther. She immediately, when they saw her, they must have just thought, wow, but this is just a very um, special lady. This is a special person. And it says here, the king loved Esther more than all the women. So what he did, he said, this one I want. And he fell in love with her and he set the royal crown on Esther's head and he make, made her queen instead of the previous queen Vashti. Now, so now look what happens. God took this young girl, very beautiful young girl, and God gave birth to her with a specific purpose, just like you and I have a specific purpose. She didn't understand it at this time, as we will see as well, but she was soon going to learn what this means when God's got a purpose for you. It doesn't always turn out the way that we think it should turn out, but it always turns out not only for our own good, but it also turns out for the good of thousands and millions of other people, possibly. So, um, even at this time, Esther had not yet made known where she comes from. She did not tell the people. She didn't tell the king or anyone that she was actually from Jewish descent. And um, she did it because Mordecai told her, just as uh, he told her before. And then one day, as Mordecai was uh, sitting at the king's gate, as it was said, right outside of the palace, he overheard the conversation of two men that were very angry with the king and they wanted to kill the king. And he told this to Esther and Esther related that also to, to the king. And when this was investigated, they found that this was true. They caught these two guys and they hung them. So they destroyed them. And what it specifically says, and this is important, whenever you and I do something specific, it's written down in the, uh, in the journals of the king. So the same year with Mordecai, it was written in the book of his Chronicles, so it was recorded there. But at this time, nothing was done to, uh, to honor Mordecai. It, he just, he was sort of in the background, but it was not gonna stay that way. Now, after all this, so Esther is in place, Mordecai, God put him in place. He did something that was beneficial to the king and basically to the whole empire or the whole kingdom uh, by exposing these people. So now the king went and there was a guy when his name was Haman. And God, or well, this king, King Hasaras, he took Haman and he promoted him. He promoted him to second in charge in the kingdom. He even gave him uh, his signet ring so uh, Haman could, he could put laws in place and everything because he had the king's signet ring. So if he put something in place and he signed it with the king's signet ring, that law was never to be overturned. That was according to the law 
and the laws of the Medes and the Persians. So it was also said that because of this high position, everybody had to bow down before this Haman. But Mordecai, he refused to do that. He said he will not bow down before him. He will only bow down before God Almighty. That's the only one that he will bow down uh, to. And this is important because there are many uh, samples in history for us where people did not want to buy, uh, bow down before these evil forces. And that's where you and I are today. We are not to bow down to all these things that are coming at us and want to take away our freedom, that want to take away uh, people, that want to kill, want, wants actually to kill people, because that's the whole motive about this. And Haman got so upset, he was filled with rage because Mordecai did not want to bow down before him. And then, to make things even worse, the people told Haman that uh, Mordecai was a Jew. And then he said, I will not only kill Mordecai, I will destroy everyone that is of Jewish descent. In other words, he basically set out himself out to destroy all the people of God. And that is the same as today. The people of God, the church wants to be, uh, these evil forces wants to destroy God's people. And I'm going to show you the end. Actually, I can show you the end from the beginning, how it actually turned out, but we're going to get there. So, Haman did everything that he could. He put all these things in place and he, he spoke to, um, to his wife and to all his friends. And so they told him that the way that you can get rid of this Mordecai is to put up a gallows in, your back, in, in the backyard. Put up a gallows. And then you go to the king and you tell the king of these people, they're so bad and they do all things wrong and they don't want to obey God's laws and all these things. And many of these things were, were lies. Although they did not want to bow down before the king, they still obeyed the laws because that's what God tells us to do. And so the, the king said to him, well, Haman went to the king and he told him about this, this nation that's very bad and that doesn't obey his laws. And the uh, king said to him, well, you decide what you want to do with them. And they, they brought the king's scribes in and it was written exactly as Haman commanded. So all the evil stuff that he had in his heart, all this rage and this um, destruction toward God's people, to the Jewish people, he put in laws, he put it in writing, and he used the king's scribes to put all these things into place. And the moment it was put in place, they sent messengers all across this kingdom, all throughout these 127 provinces, to go and proclaim this and to say, on a specific day, in a few months, everybody has to stand up and they have to kill every Jew, they have to destroy their whole family, they have to destroy their, their, their homes and everything that they have, and the, the, the treasures that they have, they are allowed to take those treasures for themselves, so they can basically strip these people, and so that was also an incentive that was given to them, all their money, all their treasures, all their gold, their silver, their, their diamonds, whatever they had, to take all those things away from them. And this, this was a, a serious thing that happened here because now where the moment this law was published, when it was taken out, 
all throughout the, this kingdom, the Persian Empire, the, the Jewish people, when they saw that, they realized, but their lives are basically, it's ended. In a few months, they're going to be killed, they're going to be destroyed, and there was total confusion. And they sat in sackcloth and ashes, and they mourned, and they fasted, and they wept and they wailed, and they were really just fasting before God, and they were crying out to God to save them. And Esther didn't know what was going on because she was in the, in the palace. But when she heard that Mordecai was also in the sackcloth in ashes and that he refused to eat and all these things and he couldn't even get into the king's uh, palace anymore because the, no one that was wearing sackcloth and, and ashes could enter the king's palace. So she sent clothes to, um, to Mordecai and he refused to wear it. She, she didn't really know what was going on and so she wanted to learn why this happened. And then what Mordecai did, he didn't only tell her what was happening or the, the person that she sent to him. He even sent him a copy of the edict that was published. And so that they can show Esther and inform her and to order Esther to go into the king to implore his favor and to plead with him for her people. So that was something that Mordecai uh, basically placed on Esther. He commanded her, he said, you have to go and you really have to go and plead for your people. You the king, he loves you, Ach, you the queen, he loves you and you must go and plead for your people. Now listen what Esther said. She said, all the king's servants and, and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he will be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for those 30 days. So for 30 days, the king didn't call Esther to him. So she couldn't go in. According to the laws of this um, uh, empire, if she went in un, uh, uh, uncalled, if he didn't call her, then she would be killed. This Esther related to Mordecai. She said, uh, she sent someone to Mordecai and said, this is how it is. I cannot go in. I'm going to be killed. Now listen to what Mordecai says. And this is what I'm telling you today. And I'm not only telling you, I'm telling myself as well. So Mordecai says to us, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews, all God's people. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And, know, and who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Now, let's look at what this means to you and me. You and I have been placed in a position in royalty, in Christ. If you're born again, if you're not, you need to get there, please. Because it's not only for your own good. There are people that need what you have. So please do not neglect and let go of the purpose that God has had for you right from the beginning, even before you were born. It's very important. Just like Esther, she didn't know. 
and you may not know it this time, but it's important for you to know and to understand because in this time where the pressure gets, gets uh, higher and higher and where the pressure gets put on, this is the time where we need to know who we are. You need to know what your assignment is, what your purpose is. So this is what Esther did. Immediately she replied to Mordecai and she said, fine, I will do it. I will not allow anyone else or um, any help come from a different place. This is basically what she says. She says, I will take up my position. I will go what I have been purposed for, what I have been born for. That's why I've been placed in this place of royalty so that I can defend and plead for my people. And all she said to Mordecai, please for three days fast and pray with me so and then I will go in. And she even said, she said, I will pray, fast and pray and I will also ask the maidens with me to fast and pray with me. Now these, these young ladies that were tending to her were most probably not even Jewish girls. They were most probably girls from, from uh, other religions and, and some of these false gods. But she implored them and she said, come on, pray with me, fast with me. And then she says, and thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, which is against the law, what she basically says. And if I perish, I perish. Now this, for you, if you think you must obey everything that the law says, everything that the government tells you, here's one example where what the government said is to kill people, to destroy people's lives. And here's a young girl that stood up to this. You and I have to stand up against evil stuff. We cannot just allow evil things to happen and just to go on. We cannot allow that. And we have to stand up against it. And when you do and you stand on God's laws and God's principles, God's word, he will show you the way and he will bring this to pass in a way that will be beneficial not only to you, but to everyone. Now, the, the story here, just uh, quickly, she went in, she stood there, and when the king saw her, he was so glad to see her immediately put out the scepter. So immediately her life was saved. And he said, come on in, come on in. He says, what do you want? He says, I will give you everything that you want, even to a half of my kingdom I will give to you. This is how much he wanted Esther to come to, to him. And Esther said to him, all I want um, from you, king, is just I've um, prepared a banquet for you and for Haman. I just want you to, to come and to come to this feast and I just want to... Uh, have you guys enjoy this feast with me? And this was granted to her. And the king sent to Haman and Haman was brought and they had this uh, feast, this banquet just for the two of them with Esther. And the king said to her again, what do you really want? And she said, just this one request, I will tell you tomorrow exactly what I want, but I've uh, organized and I've arranged for another uh, banquet, another feast, tomorrow for the two of you, only for Haman and for you. And so please grant me that. And the king said, yeah, of course. And Haman went out and he was so glad and he was so pleased in his heart. And um, he started preparing everything also to destroy Mordecai. Because now he, he, he thought, I've got everything in place so I can do what I want to do with this Mordecai guy. Because as he went out, Mordecai, of course, he didn't bow down before him. So he was very upset with that as well. But something 
interesting happened. That night the king couldn't sleep. And as he couldn't sleep, he called the guys um, with the scrolls and with his chronicles. And he called them and he said, uh, read to me. And as they read some of the things that happened, it was um, read or they read about Mordecai and what happened to him. And the king said, but wait a second. What did I do to honor uh, or dignify this Mordecai guy? And they said, nothing. You didn't do anything. And he said, oh my goodness. Then we need to do something. And he said, no, this must have been in the early morning hours. And he said to them, who's, who's here in the, in the inner court? And at that moment, um, Haman came in because he was going to come and tell the king on this day he wants to and he's going to destroy Mordecai. And the king just asked him uh, to Haman. He said, you know, what will you do to the man who the, the king favors and who the, God, uh, the king wants to honor. And he thought, in his pride, he thought he was that man. And he said a few things, you know, uh, I'll, you must take uh, clothes that the king has worn only once and uh, you must uh, give one of the king's horses that the king has ridden on and clothe this man and put the, the king's crown on his head and put him on this horse and then one of the most noble people must lead this man through the city and they must cry out in front of this man. This is what is done to the man who the king honors. And the king said to him, good, you take and do exactly what you said now needs to be done. Take the clothes, take the horses, do everything and you go and do this to Mordecai. Oh my goodness. Now you can think, it was almost as if a bucket of cold water was um, cast into, into Haman's face. And he realized something is not cool here. And um, then uh, Haman rushed home and he was, he realized, he, <laughs> he, things are um, starting to, to turn to the negative for him and he shared it with his wife and with his with these other people and his wife even previously she said man all you need to do is put up this gallows you destroy this Jew and she actually said to him oh my goodness if you have already started falling before this Jew before Mordecai you're not gonna stand you're gonna be destroyed so she actually almost prophesied over over him so he was still there busy with this and the men came and they said come on the second banquet is there you must come and he came into the this feast with esther and with the king and the king again said to esther esther what do you want and she said there is a man in your kingdom that wants to destroy me and my people he's got evil things and we're going to be totally destroyed and I ask you to please change this. And the king said, who's this? And she said, it's this Haman that's sitting here around this table with the two of us. And the king got so angry. He walked out of the room into the, into the garden. And at this time, uh, Haman, now he realized his, his days are unnumbered. And he wanted to fall um, before Queen Esther to plead for his life. And just at that moment, the king came in as he fell right on this, this couch or this bed that Esther was sitting on. 
And the king saw this and he said, what? You even want to um, come and do harm to the queen right in my presence? And as he said it, the, the guys just grabbed him. And one of the guys that grabbed him, one of the guards there said, but you know what, king? He made the gallows to destroy Mordecai. So, and the king said, go and hang him on his own gallows. So what he put up to destroy God's people are one of the main uh, focuses of his anger towards God's people, it actually turned against him. And then the king gave Haman's house to, to Esther, and then Esther told the king who Mordecai really was. She told um, uh, him that Mordecai was, was, her, was her cousin, and the, um, the, the, the king now knew who she was. He knew, you see, at the right time she disclosed who she was, and um, so what the king even did uh, when Esther asked him this and she said, please, can you turn this whole thing around? But what he basically said, because it's a law of the Medes and Persians that this cannot be overturned, but I give you and Mordecai the permission and the authority with my signet ring. And he gave Mordecai a signet ring. He said, you write down what you want to be done. So they took what they uh, were given with and with God's wisdom and with God's guidance, they had to come up with a plan to save God's people. And that is where you and I are now. We have to save not all of God's people. Now remember, this is now after the cross of Jesus Christ and after the resurrection. So every person is a, is a um, person of God. Whether they're born again or not, Jesus died for each and every person. So this is why this is so important where you and I are. And, and the king said to, um, uh, to Mordecai now, and to Esther, Now you write to the Jews as you see fit in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For a decree which is written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring may not be revoked. So now they had to come up with something where they can sort of counter the previous law that Haman put in place. And this law that was going to put into place now was also not to be overturned ever. So what then they did, they, um, Mordecai and Esther, they wrote with the king's scribes. The king's scribes were called again. And they wrote in a law that every Jew, every person of God may defend their lives and this was this was absolute wisdom from God so they now on the day that their destruction was going to take place they could defend themselves and this message this law was decreed and it was sent out throughout this kingdom again so what happened here really the king basically granted the Jews when each and every city the right to assemble and to defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate the entire army of any people or any province which might attack them, including children and women, and to plunder their spoil. So it was even, they could even, pl even plunder the spoil of these other people. And in one day, in all the provinces of, of King Hasphorus, the 13th day of the 12th month, that was going to take place so the the now the jews i mean there was there was um 
jubilation. They were so joyful that this was turned, that their destruction was turned around. And so when this time came, the, all the Jewish people, they stood up, they destroyed, they killed thousands of people that were going to destroy them. And what even happened, even some of the king's uh, governors and, and, and some of his soldiers started fighting with them. So they started fighting with the Jewish people. And the, the, the dread of, of Mordecai and of the Jewish people had really fallen on the people. So they just destroyed these people and they saved their own lives. But one thing that they didn't do, although they were allowed to do it, they did not take any of the spoil, any of the, the wealth of these other people. They didn't touch it. They just destroyed the people. Then uh, Esther again, she just asked the king, she said, if there's anything that more that you want. And Esther said, please, let it be granted that Haman's sons, I think he had 10 sons, that they also be hanged. So his whole household was basically destroyed. And that's where you and I are. We can do that. We can stand up against evil forces and we have to stand up against evil forces. After this happened, after they defended themselves, that is where um, the, fe uh, the Feast of Purim with the Jewish people came. And they said, for all generations, they will commemorate this. It's like a, a landmark for them. They will uh, refer back to them and they will tell their children what God did for them. And this is where you and I are. We are at the point where we have to defend ourselves against these evil forces so that we can stay the cause that God has created us for. There's a lot of work for you and I. The kingdom of God has to be established on this earth and you and I have to do it. God will work with us. He cannot do it all on, him, on, his, on his own. He chose not to. So that's why he wants to use you and I. And I'm just going to, this, this one verse here says, So these days were to be remembered and celebrated throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city. And these days of Purim were not to fail from among the Jews, all their memory fade from the descendants. And you and I will remember this day when everything is overturned. But you have to do what you need to do. I cannot tell you exactly what to do, but you have to defend your life and your family's life and your community's life against these evil forces. You need to inquire what you need to do, but we have to stand firm. Then in the last chapter, there's only three verses, and it says here that, that Mordecai became so great because he, he really, I'm going to read you this verse, it says that the very last verse of this book, um, chapter 10, verse 3, for Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews and in favor with his many kinsmen, one who sought the good of his people and one who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation. And that's where you and I come in today. You and I have to stand up and God will place you in a position that you not, haven't even thought that you can be placed. I don't think Mordecai ever realized and ever thought that he can be placed in a position of, of uh, this much authority in a heathen kingdom. He never thought that, but God had better plans for them. So thank you. 
that you're listening to me. This is so important. You need to do what you need to do. And these marching orders, look at this whole book. You can go and read the whole book. Listen to this message again. It's a bit long message today, but it's important that you grasp this. It's important that you grasp this. You and I have got work to do. We've got serious work to do. And that's the only way that we will be able to turn this wave of evil. And I, I don't know what's, what's happening in the time to come. I cannot exactly tell you, but I can just tell you this. The evil forces never had any good intentions for you and I. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what position you are, doesn't matter which uh, gender you are, whether you are a man or a wife, a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. You have to do what you need to do because you have been born for such a time as this. And maybe you've just been placed in a position, in a company, in a political position, wherever, for a time as this. So you have to stand up, you have to know what you need to do. If you have to fast and pray, do it, but then get up and do what you need to do. This is a serious message. This is a message of, of you, be and me going out and doing what we need to do. So please share this message with a family member or a friend. It's important that we get this message out. Go look at this history. It's almost as if you go through it, you see all the parallels, how everything is, is, is going today, how everything is working today, because it's almost as if there's a set time that uh, God's people need to be destroyed because that's with these injections and stuff that they're giving people. This is what's happening. And if you don't agree with me, it's fine. Uh, then sit on the, on the sideline and uh, we will do what we need to do. But I, I believe that you will not. You're a leader. That's why you are here. And that's why I thank you for taking up your stand and taking up your position and doing what you need to do. Please help me to get this message out. And thank you for listening to me. I am looking forward to chatting with you in the next show. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you.